Welcome to worship on this beautiful fall, sunny fall morning. As we come to worship, let us uh, prepare our hearts in prayer. Lord, open unto me. Open unto me light for my darkness. Open unto me courage for my fear. Open unto me hope for my despair. Open unto me peace for my turmoil. Open unto me joy for my sorrow. Open unto me strength for my weakness. Open unto me wisdom for my confusion. Open unto me love for my hates. Open unto me forgiveness for my sins. Open unto me thyself for myself. Lord, open unto me. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, peace be with you, my peace I give to you. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us stand and share a sign of peace with each other. Before we are called to worship... I want you to be advised that the hymns and the bulletin are not accurate. After I chose the hymns and the bulletin went to press, uh, Marilyn and I discovered that two of the hymns that I had chosen, no one knows. So we changed them at the last minute, but the bulletin had already gone to press. So the correct numbers are on both of the hymn boards. Okay? So if there's a discrepancy, follow the hymn board, not the bulletin. All right? Also, because it is healing service today, 
please complete a prayer card uh, and put it in the offering plate. Uh, if you don't have, indicate to a deacon uh, so we can get one to you. There's plenty of them in the back, okay? Uh, you can send them up during the offering or you can uh, fill them out and bring them up yourself later. Let's be called to worship with the words of Psalm 65. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. You visit the earth and water it. You crown the year with your bounty. The pastures of wilderness overflow. Then our mouths are filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Come, let us worship the Lord. usually entitled to what we have and what we get. We work for it, we earn it, and we deserve it. What we depend on in order to work for it, earn it, and deserve it are, however, outside of our control in many ways. And so we pray, together saying, we acknowledge, Lord God, that you are our sole provider. But we need your forgiveness, because on any given day, we forget. The world tells us what we need, and we find ourselves believing that maybe we do not have enough to keep us happy. Our eyes shift off your face and begin looking at the possessions of our neighbors, and our spirit shrinks because of our discontent. Restore us, O Lord. Help us to see only your abundance and make our lives a place of refreshment for all who come in contact with us. forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases, and redeems your life from destruction. Moreover, the Lord crowns you with love and mercy. Therefore, in Christ, we stand forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so let us live.
As we come to the word of God, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. Holy God, creator and sustainer of all life and keeper of the days of our lives, grant that in hearing your word we may heed its message and mold our minds and hearts to your ways. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. First lesson, the word of the Lord from Joel, chapter 2, verses 21 to 27. The prophet Joel speaks of the coming day of God's blessing. Do not fear, O soil. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Do not fear, you animals of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness are green. The tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and vine give their full yield. O children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain. For your vindication he has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the later rain as before. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent against you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I, the Lord, am your God, and there is no other. And my people shall never again be put to shame. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture lesson today is from the Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 33. Here Jesus addresses the need to worry, or the lack thereof. Hear now the word of God. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life, And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for these, all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This year's Thanksgiving, I think in at least 
the latter half of my life has become the most historic and memorable, simply because I have never in my life experienced Hurricane Sandy and its consequences. Being without electricity for days, and for some of us for weeks, teaches us how incredibly dependent we are, if not on God, on the electrical systems of our country. Every time I turned around, I couldn't tell you how many times I did this in the course of the days we were without electricity, I would walk into a room and automatically flick the light switch. I don't know how many of you did that. When the electricity came back on, my house looked like a lighthouse on the coast. Every light in the house was almost on. How many times I went to turn something on, like the television or the computer, or even open the refrigerator to darkness. In those days, I became very aware of how dependent I am on things working, if nothing else. And it also helped me to understand in a new way how much I depend upon God and am not aware. It really shook my cage of, of security, if you will, about how I take care of myself. I am pretty much of a self-reliant person. I like to be able to say I take care of myself. But when there are not the resources to do so, that's pretty scary. And in the time of Jesus, when he is addressing this crowd, these words are addressed to people who have very, very little control over not only their national economy, but over their own lives. The idea of not worrying is revolutionary because for everyone that lives in the time of Jesus, except for the royalty and the aristocratic class, every day was a matter of earning enough to eat and making a living in order to survive for another day. They were not easy times to live in. And so I began to ask myself what we as people today could learn from them. Learn from them and from those who are addressed by the prophet Joel as well. I think that if we are to be truly thankful, there are basically three things we need to understand or perspectives we need to have. One is that we really need to realize the value of things. I was challenged at the uh, community uh, Thanksgiving service at Sacred Heart uh, Roman Catholic Church by the uh, Muslim speaker of the evening. And so I did an experiment on Thanksgiving Day. Um, I went to my daughter's house with all the grandkids and all the little kids that were there from families from her congregation. And um, I took a Hershey's chocolate bar that I bought on the way in and a $20 bill. And I had all the kids gathered around me. And I held both of them up and said, which one of these would you rather have? Now, I did not let the teenagers play this game. Okay, just the primary kids. I think they were like maybe second or third grade and below. Okay, the oldest, I think, is probably in third grade. 
And of course, you can imagine what they took, what they wanted. What did they want? The candy bar. Okay? Now, with 20 bucks, you could probably buy 20 candy bars if you got the right sale. And they could have had much more chocolate than just one if they had taken the $20 bill. But it helped me to see and helped me to teach them and their mothers and fathers and older brothers and sisters a very, very important lesson. How we value things also affects how grateful we are. What are the things in life that in fact we value? And how grateful are we for them? Do we value the simple things like the sun shining? Do we value things like the changing of the seasons? Do we value the fact that God controls the waves and the boundaries of the sea, even when it takes away the entire coastline of a state? You see, when things that we count on, things that we don't rightly realize are there, we don't appreciate them. And then when we lose them, all of a sudden it becomes a threat to us, a threat to our security, a threat to our faith, a threat to our reality. So realizing rightly the value of things is important for our appreciating. But there's also something else. You must learn, secondly, how to properly use what God gives us. Um, I'd like to share a, a little story, a penguin story. My grandson has a, a, a hobby of collecting penguins. And one of my favorite penguin stories is that there are children playing with penguin uh, in the park and a policeman walks by, watching them play with the penguin, and says, you know, kids, you really ought to take the penguin to the zoo. So the kids look at each other and say, okay. So they continue to play with the penguin, and eventually the policeman walks away, and uh, he comes back later in the afternoon of that same day and sees the kids in the park playing with this penguin. And so he says, he walks up to them and says, Hey, kids, didn't I ask you to take the penguin to the zoo? And they said, Oh, we already did. Now we're getting ready to take him to the movies. What is the proper place for things? What is the proper use of things? Understanding how important things are in their place is another piece of developing thankful hearts. Understanding properly how to love, how to forgive, how to let bygones be bygones, how to let burdens go, how to understand that if God takes care of the birds of the field, God can take care of me and you and us. There's also another piece of thankfulness. Not only do we need to realize the value of things and use them properly, but we need to inventory those blessings. 
In the past few weeks, we have struggled in the food pantry downstairs um, to have enough food to give to folks. And this past week, many of you here, and I'm grateful to all of you who showed up Wednesday to unload the order, what you were not aware of, even as you unpacked the truck and we put things away, is that there was probably 25% of the order that did not show up because there was not enough food at the food bank to fill it. It made me so quite aware as I looked over the order uh, slips that I began to realize that the, the shortage represented the reality of the larger marketplace. That there was a tremendous need at this time, not only in our own geographical area, but across the country. And there was not enough in some places to meet the need. I began to ask myself how, in fact, I was aware of my resources. If I were to have, let's say, won the lottery, the whole, what is it now, over $400,000 uh, lottery? Or four and a half million, thank you. Four and a half million dollar lottery. If I were to have won that last night, let's say, okay? And uh, um, I had dropped the ticket on the way to redeeming it, okay? Uh, would I have gone to great lengths to find it having realized I lost it? Or would I simply say, oh, I'll probably win again next time? Of course, you know what would happen. I would be on all fours, retracing my steps, all the way back to having it the last time in my hand. I wonder how much we value the simple things like our loved ones our homes, our vehicles, our machines, our jobs, our personal security. I hope that unlike some who lose these things, we would find it uncomfortable to be without them. And it would shake us up. It would reveal to us that, in fact, we are not always in control. We don't always possess what we think are our possessions. And we will not always have those who we think are always going to be there for us. It is important to realize that we inventory our blessings in order to be thankful for indeed, what is ours in the moment? What has been ours and what God will provide for us in the future as well? I believe that the proper response of thanksgiving, as the catechism teaches us, is not so much a once-of-a-year celebration on a day when we eat well, but a lifetime of days in which we recognize that God has given us everything, made us stewards of it all. And our gratitude is the attitude we have in enjoying it, using it, 
accounting for it before God and those we love. To the glory of his name. Amen. Let us pray. For the abundance that you shed upon us, for the great glory from which all of our blessings come, we ask, Lord Jesus Christ, that you make us mindful of your presence in and through and with us and enable us in every way out of our true thanksgiving to bring to you lives that are dedicated to your service and to the glory of your kingdom. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. of faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together saying, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Let us pray. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to offer thanks and praise. God of all mercies, we give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all people. Give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. You will, uh, you will find in your bulletin this morning an envelope for the Thanksgiving offering, and the offering this year will go to the Reformed Church World Service. Uh, for their work in, uh, in Jersey, as far as I'm aware. No? Deanna's shaking her head. Yeah, it's going for the Hurricane Sandy relief, but it's being... Right. It'll be through the Reformed Church World Service. Okay, so it's for the Sandy Hurricane Sandy relief, but it will be, going, uh, be processed through the Reformed Church World Service. Okay? That was requested uh, 
by the church itself. Uh, also, uh, prayer request cards. If you do not have one and would like to have a prayer request card, um, please uh, get one off the, the uh, little the back table. And if you are a, a visitor with us today, we'd ask you to fill out the little welcome card as well. The, um, the past week, I got a very, very uh, emergency kind of telephone call from the fish office in Dunellen. You're aware that once a quarter we host the fish shelter in which we prepare, prepare evening meals and they come and stay overnight. Um, one of the churches that is part of the, the network was affected adversely from the hurricane and had to drop out. And so they were looking for someone to take the first or second full week in December uh, to help out. Uh, and I talked to Judy. Um, the students will still be here. I talked to both the frat house and the sorority, and they said that they would still be around to help in the overnight hours. Uh, Judy said she thought we could round up folks for the evening meals. We have never done this during Advent before, and I apologize if that's going to be a hardship for anyone. I know how busy the world becomes come Advent season, but these are folks that really need us. And so I called back on, thir- on Wednesday and said that after talking with Judy, I thought we could do this. Um, I don't see Judy here this morning, so I'm assuming something happened between the time I talked to her this week. Kathleen, I was going to ask if you would help me this morning to see if you could start uh, finding volunteers to take a night uh, for that week of December 9 through 16. Okay. Uh, Well, Judy's the coordinator with the fish people. Uh, Oh, yeah? For the fish shelter. Okay, because she assumed... Okay, well, whatever. So then I need to ask you, Kathleen, if you'll be willing to help me this morning by beginning to recruit people for that evening meal. Okay? December 9. It'll be the Sunday, December 9th, the second Sunday of Advent through the third Sunday. Okay, the 16th. All right. Are there any other announcements? Then I think let us, uh, let's move our time of worship to our, our litany for prayer of healing and wholeness, asking the elders and deacons to come forward to assist in that litany. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. Let us pray. O God the Father, whose will for us and for all your people is health and salvation. Have Have mercy mercy on us us and hear our prayer. O God the Son, who came that we might have abundance and have life and have it in abundance, have mercy on us and hear our prayer. O God the Holy Spirit, whose indwelling makes our bodies the temples of your presence, have mercy on us and hear your prayer. O triune God, we pray you to hear us and that you will grant your grace to all who stand in need of healing both of body and spirit, and lead them to look with confidence to you, especially Ruth, Sarah Bernie, 
Shelly, Jay, Ginny, and DJ. Margaret, Derek, Steve, John, Marie, Kathy, and Paula. A wise God, we pray you to hear us, and that in your providential grace you will grant guidance, discernment, and direction to all in need of it, and lead them to look with confidence to you, especially all those interviewing this season for their residency, especially Andres. Jeff, victims of Hurricane Sandy, Leonardo, the Israelis and Palestinians, and those celebrating birth, their birthdays this past month, uh, Judy, Kevin, Roger, Richard, Betty, and Patricia, and Steve. O oh God, who, who in Jesus Christ called us out of the darkness into your marvelous light, enable us always to declare your wonderful deeds, thank, for your, thank you for your steadfast love, and praise you with heart, soul, mind, and strength, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who sent forth his disciples to preach the kingdom of God and to heal, we invite you who wish to receive the laying on of hands and the anointing of oil to come forward. If you desire us to come to you, please raise your hand or ask a neighbor to do so for you. We invite all here present to participate in this act of faith through the offering of silent prayers for those who seek Christian healing. Let us pray the prayer of thanksgiving together. Most gracious God, source of all healing, we give thanks to you for all your gifts, but most of all for the gift of your Son, through whom you gave and still give health and salvation to all who believe. As we wait in expectation for the coming of that day, when suffering and pain shall be no more. Help us by your Holy Spirit to be assured of your power in our lives and to trust in your eternal love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who had taught us boldly, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power the glory forever amen please stand with me and turn to hymn number 555 and let us sing into the world thankful for who we are and what we have been given. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now until Christ returns in glory and then forever and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.